Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for gathering us together, Lord, in the midst of things that would otherwise seek to engage, distract, and entangle us, to keep us far from you. Lord, we would ask this day, as we come near, that you would break your word small fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. Over the next few weeks, our text are somewhat of battle-oriented texts. However, the origin of them is a bit different than what we would normally associate with warfare or combat or battle itself. But rather, the way that we engage in spiritual warfare is to begin by having an awareness of the frog and the kettle. where we may enter the water when it is cool and comfortable as the temperature gradually rises so that before we know it, we have boiled ourselves to death. Our epistle text, the way that the Apostle Paul writes to young Timothy in our New Testament reading, And our gospel text today helps set the stage for the way that we begin this series. You see, there is an enemy. And as Christians, we know this, we accept this, but most times when it actually comes to considering what this looks like, it means that there are these fiery, hell-bound things Things that come from the depths of darkness to seek to drag us back in. And the Lord that rules over them all is this guy that wears a red cape with horns and carries a pitchfork. But rather, the devil hides himself in plain sight. And he seeks to steal us away from home so that we are then forced to consider how we battle our way back and then fight to stay there. Because make no mistake, complacency is the opposite of contentment. So we must be busy. But not strictly for the sake of being busy, but rather because we are about the business of God. One of my favorite movies is The Gladiator. And there is this awesome redemptive narrative that kind of takes place throughout The Gladiator's story 
But there is this element of kind of works righteousness where he is working his way. He's constantly earning his privilege. And while that operates in confliction to what we see in the gospel, where God gives us grace freely, what it does do is tug at something very deep within us. This element of betrayal and then being taken captive and sold into slavery. Now, for most, if not all of us, that physical reality is something that is a foreign concept. But spiritually speaking, it is a real and present danger. Throughout the narrative of the gladiator, he is constantly fighting to earn his freedom. And ultimately, for his freedom to be home. And there are other stories and movies that have common themes and threads, but the same idea exists where we are engaged in a battle that we cannot always see and recognize around us. The Apostle Paul writes... In our reading today from chapter 6 in 1 Timothy. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn and follow along, beginning in verse 6. As Paul writes and says, Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. See, we come into the world as naked as we leave it. Even the very breath within our lungs is a gift that when we breathe our last returns to its giver. We brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pangs. Now make no mistake, the text does not say that it is wrong or sinful to be wealthy. It is not a sin to have money. But rather, what Paul cautions against here is making money and wealth and riches the altar that you now worship at. The God that claims its authority over you. So how do we address 
Paul tells Timothy, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness and godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In other words, we need a plan for combat. We need to know the rules of engagement. We need to understand where we can and cannot go. And what we are called to how we live and lead our life. How do we flee from these things that would otherwise seek to entangle us? And as Paul says, plunge us into ruin and destruction. So he gives Timothy this roadmap. He doesn't just say, you have it, now keep it. He says, pursue it, run after it, constantly work in the direction of. Pursue means go. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. See, our gospel text speaks to this well. Each day that the rich man would enter into his home from being out in the city, in the market, and wherever else he had been, he would have to step past the poor man that had been laid beside his gate. simply desired to be fed with what fell from the man's table. He didn't even seek a seat at the table itself, but rather he just wanted the crumbs that fell from it. And the rich man steps past him. And it says that as they both die and they go to their respective dwellings for eternity, the rich man looks up from Hades and hell and sees Lazarus, the poor man, standing beside Abraham, and he says, Abraham! Abraham! Let him come and relieve my anguish. You see, this is a true case of the frog in the kettle. Where the man's plan for his entire life had been not the accumulation of wealth, but rather the maintenance of it and all that came with it. So much so that he had to step over others to get there and stay there. 
His battle home and his fight to stay there meant that he kept himself safe within his walls. But rather, God calls us to be beyond them. He calls us to love the unlovable, to touch the untouchable, to be with the unreachable, to know that the enemy that we engage in and the battle that is happening all around us is constant. And that indeed its subtleties are what make it so dangerous. Because it's easy to justify and write it off. Well, you know, I just... I didn't do this, that, or the other. It was expensive. You know, I, I didn't have time. It just, that wasn't a safe place. And man, that... Do you have any idea where that person comes from? So we convince ourselves and we justify that which we do for our own gain. Which Paul says is the opposite of the godliness and contentment that he calls Timothy to. To be content is to be grateful. To be thankful. To give glory to someone else for the gifts that you have been given. And to trust that when they run out, that there will be more and plenty for what your needs are. So that from exile in Eden to present day, that our battle back home begins and ends at the cross. And our fight to stay there ends through an empty tomb. So that our contentment comes from the table with which He serves Himself to His people. And the word that He speaks, the hope that He gives. So that God alone always gets the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.